Hello, I am Anika Orock, author of The Incredible Women of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, and you are listening to the fabulous Baseball and Barbecue Podcast with Jeff and Lynn. to a very special anniversary that's fourth anniversary edition episode number 114 of baseball and bbq and i'm here with my four year but forever host chef cohen happy chef, anniversary happy len happy, happy anniversary, anniversary. <laughs> i'm len aberman <laughs> i'm jeff cohen and i am excited it's four years baby four years four years jeff we have a lot to get to. We have an interview with two very special people. Why don't you just tell us about it, please? We have that famous barbecue pitmaster and baseball player, Howard Johnson. He played and, third base for the Mets. And the Cubs and the Rockies and the Tigers. The ti- he won a World Series with the Tigers. He, did. he won a World Series with the Mets. But now he's but- on to barbecue. Exactly. We don't talk to him about baseball. And but now, go on. And, and his new best buddy, our good friend, Doug Shining. But trying to do a drum roll. We have we have no money for effects on this show. That's incredible. Yes. Howard Johnson, known as Hojo, and Doug Shining, known as well. Actually, if you listen to the Barbecue Central show, Sam the Cooking Guy calls him. I think he calls him Dougie Boy, but. <laughs> But we call him Doug, Doug Shining. So they're they're going to be on. And I want to talk about, before we get to the interview, because I know we're going to have the interview. And at the end, you're going to have a rant. So everybody should get excited about that. An anniversary, we can look forward to the next year. And we have a lot planned in the next year. But I'd prefer at this point, just to look back at just one year, not all four, one year. So I'm going to start and just say we celebrated our three-year anniversary by having Robert Wool on the show. Everybody knows who Robert Wool is from Arliss and movies and whatever. And from there, Jeff, we just steamrolled. Yes. Care to say anything? Yes. I was just looking at our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> while, while you're looking, let me just say. There are people that we want to thank. And, you know, it's like the Academy Awards. The music's going to start playing. I also don't want to leave anybody out. But there are some people that have helped us immensely during this year. And I'm not talking about just our guests, although some of them are both guests and behind the scenes. But 
Jared Kasdan, who's our producer extraordinaire. We couldn't do it without you. Well, we could do it without you, but there's a lot of guests we wouldn't be able to get without you. Right. <laughs> Doug Scheiding, who you'll hear what we have to say about Doug. Doug, we think you're the best. Greg Rempe, who has given us a ton of advice and has been a guest. So he's been behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. We appreciate everything from him. What about the team from BaseballBBQ.com? Ah, they're the best. Right. Brett Mandel, Michael Mullen. Yep. They make incredible grilling tools and accessories. They, they've been terrific. Big um, supporters of the show. Yeah, big, 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 big. We want to thank them. Of course, our theme music. We have the poet and the musician, Shel Kukowski and Dave Dresser helping us. So we're going to end up skipping somebody and forgetting somebody, but just wanted to thank some of the people. You know, Jeff, we start off the first show of the beginning of four years, and we have Tim Kirchin on. Yeah. Timmy, Timmy boy. ESPN baseball. I mean, who doesn't know Tim Kirchin, right? Tim Kirchin, yeah. Yeah. And of course, we had with him on the episode, we have Kevin Sandrich. New Year's Day, we released an episode with Howard Johnson. And what was New he Year's talking? Day. What was he talking? Barbecue. Of course. What else would he talk? Right. He talked I mean, a little baseball like, also. It's not like he played. Yeah, <laughs> he played some baseball, but uh, he loves to talk about barbecue. And we love to talk about barbecue with him. Not to get too crazy, but we had Kurt Bavacqua, of course, Doug Shiding. We had Brian LaPinta. We even took a trip to Hinchliffe Stadium. Paulie G. We had Paulie G. Tom Gilbert. We had Bobby Valentine. Jeff, we had Bobby V. Bobby V. And we've had on our good friend Gary Mintz of the New York Giants Preservation Society. We've also had a world champion, Jerry Royce. And he was on with Nick Mangold of the New York Jets talking about his barbecue sauce. Yeah, barbecue sauce. All pro center for the New York Jets and was talking about barbecue sauce. But we also did talk some football with him. You know, also a very somber moment and in, in the year. We had a wonderful interview with Marjorie Adams, the great-granddaughter of Doc Adams, who is one of the inventors of baseball, the written rules. I mean, so many things. We had her on. She was a delight. Pine Tar helped us get her on. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, she passed away uh, not not long after. Right. We had her on in March, and unfortunately, she did pass away back in uh, July. So, yeah, it was a special interview. A wonderful woman. You know, not much we can say. She just was great. Yeah, terrific person. We were very lucky to have her on. You know, all of these episodes and many more can be found at multiple sites. Jeff, how can how can they get the show? How can they contact us, our wonderful listeners, who we could not have done four years without the support of you guys? Oh, our what web- did they give us? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Go ahead. Our website is www.baseballandbbq.weebly.com. Our phone number, if you want to leave us a message, 516-855-8214. Our email, baseballandbbq at gmail.com. Twitter, at the Twitter, you can tweet us at baseballandbbq. Our Facebook, same thing, baseballandbbq. Instagram, baseball and barbecue, where barbecue is all spelled out. And we please, we beg you, please rate and review us. Rate and review us, please, everybody. We really do appreciate all of you. 
who download this show, who just send us in your notes, your comments, and you enjoy listening. We appreciate it. So thank you. We also had Adrian Miller, Mackie Sasser, Stephen Reichlin, and Marty Appel. We had Bree Blackford, I think, twice from, uh, and we had a barbecue sauce contest. Uh, what what did I say? Giveaway. Right. Barbecue sauce giveaway. We had Andy Husbands. We had Luke Eplin, who wrote a book about our team, the 1948 Cleveland Indians, the last Cleveland team to win the World Series. And of course, let's not forget Ron Bluberg, the first DH of uh, in the major leagues. With that, okay. let's get to the interview. Do you have anything to say about this interview, though? Oh, yeah. One thing that I should say about this is, you guys, here we go. Let's pull back the curtain. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up, Jeff. That's creative, right? We did this. We did not know at the time when we booked Howard Johnson. So we booked Howard Johnson. We booked Doug Shiding. It's very tough to get the two of them together on the same night. They are very busy people. I mean, they both are world champion winners. It's very difficult. But when we booked Howard Johnson, we had no idea it was his birthday. And to his credit, I maybe he didn't realize either. <laughs> but but he was amazing. He did not cancel. He just what he did do was we we had him on. He gave us a certain amount of time, but at the same time, he's running around his house. He's jumping in the car. I think they were taking he was going to a restaurant for his birthday. The audio at times we are going to beg your forgiveness. Uh, Greg, we are really begging your forgiveness. So know that we it it was just such a, a fun interview. And, and you know what, really, though, it was also, it was real. It was real. It wasn't, you know, made up or whatever. I mean, it was Howard Johnson doing this thing. Anyway, then after the interview, we had Doug Shiding. We talked more barbecue, more baseball. And Doug Shiding gave barbecue tips to Howard Johnson. So guys, listen to the interview and enjoy. Baseball and BBQ, we are celebrating our fourth anniversary with an extraordinary show. Bringing these two subjects together, we have an, us with, with us an all-star baseball player and a world barbecue champion. We'll talk about, well, baseball and barbecue. Howard Johnson played for four teams, most notably for the New York Mets, also played for the Tigers, Cubs, and Rockies, a two-time world champion and a top-ten leader in most Mets offensive categories. Based out of Texas, former aerospace engineer turned pitmaster Doug Shining is a force to be reckoned with on a barbecue competition scene with a passion for analytics and detail doug and his wife jen of rogue cookers have won numerous awards competing around the country including the houston livestock show american royal and jack daniels invitational we are thrilled to have both of them on the show welcome hojo and doug welcome guys good to be here thank you all right so very quickly happy birthday to you Happy birthday. Yeah. You. Happy birthday, <laughs> dear Howard Johnson. Oh, Joe. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. 61 years old. Oh, that's great. Okay. Right, so, wow. So we've got two world champions on the show. Doug being a world champion pitmaster. And I don't know, Howard, you you won something. Uh, I, I can't remember yeah. what you won, but I know you <laughs> I know you're a world champion of something. So. <laughs> I wonder, Doug, I yeah. want to ask you, is winning the, the, the a world champion in barbecue as much fun as uh, winning a world series uh, that Howard Johnson does? <laughs> well, 
being, being with the team might be, be actually be better. So yeah, rather than by yourself. So, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's equally as good. And I see Jeff, that the Tug has Jeff. a Chicago Cubs cap on that. Howard, one, one of your teams. Yeah, that's right. My final team, 95. That was it. Go ahead, Doug. Ask, ask him anything you want about that Cubs team. <laughs> oh, well, I actually saw it when I was doing my Lynn stalking. I saw that the, you actually did quite well in, in uh, Wrigley. You had five, a five for five game, a five RBI yeah. game. And uh, yeah, it seemed to be. And I think in your final season, that was one of the places that you were actually doing really well. So um, yeah, you should you should be happy with the friendly confines. Yeah, I, I, that was my favorite park to play in on the road. There's no question about that. It uh, didn't matter if the wind was blowing in or out. I just like going there, you know, the atmosphere, the the neighborhood kind of look. I, I just thought that was cool. I thought Cub fans were were a little bit different. They were just, you know, v- basically very chill about the game. And when we, whenever, you know, the visiting team, you know, started mounting a comeback, they, they – uh, they got quiet. That's one thing I noticed. Whereas in New York, you know, you'd be <laughs> hearing a little bit different, maybe a different sound coming from the stands if you were getting beat late. Right. Throwing beer, you know. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a few booze in there. I don't know. It's happened before. So they say. <laughs> Howard, we have a listener, Larry Soifer, who who wanted to ask a question of you. He said, in a seven-game series, who wins, the 1984 Tigers or the 86 Mets? Ooh, I get asked that a lot. So it depends on who, who I'm doing the podcast with. And <laughs> since we're all New York guys up here, I'm going to say the Mets would win. And I, and I, was, and I say that because I think, I think our bullpen was probably a little bit deeper with the Mets. If I had to draw a line of distinction, that'd probably be where, where it lies. I think from a position player standpoint, you know, both teams are pretty stacked, and the bolt and the uh, the benches were pretty good as well. So you just look at I just try to, I just go to the bullpen, even though the Tigers one was pretty strong in itself. I think the Mets was maybe a little bit deeper because you have Sid Fernandez basically pitching out of the bullpen, and that's 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 pretty impressive. Howard, how did Jeff do in fantasy camp? Mets fantasy camp. Well, he's he's still alive, so I guess he, he's, <laughs> I guess he did, I guess he did pretty well. <laughs> I had Howard. I, I got a lot of those guys limping home. I had a blast. I mean, that, that was oh. might have been the most fun I've ever had in my life. That was just yeah. so great. And I thank you and all the other coaches for coming down, and making it the, the the greatest time we had. Well, we have a good time. We have a good time with it. I, I get asked that a lot. Do you guys like coming down? You know, and yeah, we do. We like to like to hang out and and see you guys come in there and you know take your shot at playing. It's it's not as easy as it looks. That's definitely not. <laughs> we can't we can't beat the entertainment value watching y'all try to do that. So that's good. <laughs> uh, all right. So and now listen, we, we don't have a lot of time with Howard. Doug, you are a, a pitmaster extraordinaire. Ooh. For anyone that doesn't know, Howard loves using his big green egg. We uh, our huge barbecue fans for anyone who didn't know that either. So Doug, give us some tips for making a brisket. Go ahead. Please. Well, well, I, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, I, I wanted to ask, uh, Hojo in terms of his brisket. He, uh, yeah. he says he did the, 
on the last show, the, the, by the way, number 80, you were had the whole hour, you know, like a guest of honor. This is, this is great to, to be on with you. You said you have a Lipton onion soup mix. Do you still use yes. that? Yes. That, that that's actually what my aunt used to do. And one of the, oh, reasons really? I started using, uh, yeah, you know, liking barbecue and stuff, you know, and trying to cook things at home. And uh, this is a long time ago. But um, when you inject, is that part of what you, you use to inject? Yeah, I make my base out of uh, the Lipton onion soup mix. Okay. And I'll add, I'll add my, my beef stock, you know, the, and I'll add some Worcestershire and a few different things yeah. to it to try to spice it up a little bit. But I, that's what I use to inject. So now, and I try to use all of it. I try to use every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you wrap in foil or butcher paper? I've done I've done both. I've only done butcher paper one other one time, but the foil is typically what I use. Yeah. When I do a brisket. And, and yeah, my suggestion would be that yeah, if you get a uh do you have a fat strainer to strain yeah. off the uh the fat and and the au jus? And when you wrap, put some of that base in there when you wrap. So always when you wrap, okay. you need to to have some moisture in there. So, okay. I'll, I'll remember that, to do that'll that. Actually help with, yeah. That'll help with the steaming process and, okay. and make it tender. So I know you, I know you went to the, the pig fest in Lakeland and where yeah, that was a blast. Uh, yeah. We're, we're getting some secrets off, off of some people. So that's, that's a lot of uh, what, what people do. So, and you said you let the moisture out. What, what, what temperature do you cook it to? I guess that's the steam you're letting out before you put it, rest it for three hours. Yeah, I take it off after a certain period because I know that it's not going to take any more smoke. So at that point, you know, I just wrap it up. I try to keep it moist. And what was my, I think my temperature was like 198. I got an internal yeah. that much. Once I got to that point, I would right. be like a 198. And then I would. And when you use Wagyu, I think would froze up for, for at least. Know. Oh, can y'all hear me? Yeah. 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 We got gotcha. you. Okay. So. The biggest thing I tried to do with, with with it is after I wrapped it and took it off once it reached temperature was uh, keep that thing in a cooler for uh, I've done it for up to four hours. Yep. That, At contests, I'll even uh, go up to maybe five, five or six, just depending on when it gets done. And yeah, I know. And you mentioned Wagyu and, and Prime, et cetera. You can actually go yeah. a little hotter with those 203, oh, you know, Wagyu. Really? You could probably go, you know, assuming, you know, sea level, but uh, 203, 205, maybe even with Wagyu, really? you need the extra temperature to really get that collagen and melt it, melt it out as much as oh. possible. Okay, so, I kind of like that. That would be something I would do as well. One ninety eight, if you're, you know, cooking maybe a choice or something, and and, and temperature is really a guideline. But I would still go a little hotter with those those higher grades of meat. Um, okay, I, I didn't know that. That's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. One. I'll keep that in mind, especially for for brisket. So, um, but what did it for me was really was the injection. Yeah, the first I, I use injection like uh, butcher barbecue right out. Um, Butcher, butcher barbecue, it, it, in addition to, you know, the flavor that you're getting from that Lipton, it'll add some phosphates, which will actually help um, retain the moisture um, in addition to. So you could even mix some of that. You know, there's various Cosmos, uh, different things. You could even mix some of that with your base, you know, uh, put a little bit in with your uh, with your base that you're already using and, and experiment. Do two. Always do two. I always like to do two, but uh, if you've got enough room. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I've only done one in, in the past, but that's I like I like that idea. Yeah, I always have a contest every time I do a, 
do something because I always like to to compare it right you know one to the other. So, okay, excellent, Doug. What if if I want to buy meat but I don't want to spend? I don't want to break the bank. What's the what's the grade that I could get where I'm going to get quality, but I don't have to you know buy a wagyu or you know something so expensive. I buy prime briskets uh, almost, you know, it's an extra maybe buck or so uh, a pound. I don't know, Dan, here we can get it for $4.99 a pound. It's worth the extra dollar. You know, if you want to try to challenge yourself, then, then you, you could go with choice, but that, never get select if you can. Sometimes you can get choice, uh, go through the, the and, and look through the case and you'll, you can actually see the marbling. You know, they, they, they grade those things in one spot on the, on the steer. So sometimes they can make mistakes. And what, when you're picking it out, you want one that jiggles a lot. Oh, well, p- picking out a brisket. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. great question. So, um, I, I look for a thick flat, you know, we cook the full, Texas, you know, Texas style Packers down here. I look for the, the thick flat. So if it's real thin, you know, about half an inch or so, I'd rather get one that's about an inch, inch and a half. And then um, that's my first. Um, I like to see if it's kind of flexible to see if that fat is as hard, you know, because if it, if it's hard, then you won't be able to bend it. Um, I look for a medium type, uh, type color. I like 12 to 15 pounds you know, in terms of, in terms of a size, um, of a, of a brisket and generally what you can do in, 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 uh, Hojo, maybe, maybe you know about this as well is to wet age those things. So generally oh. when you get them at the case, you know, at the grocery store or your, your butcher, they've been probably 21 to 28 days since they were processed. You can actually hold those in a refrigerator that is kept well, like 40 degrees, hold it for another seven to 14 days. And that will the enzymes will actually help break down uh, some of the, the 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 meat proteins, and and it'll actually make it a little more tender. And you don't have to put it put that in liquid at all. Just just stick it in there. No, keep yeah, keep it in the cryovac. Yeah, don't don't let any air get in in there. But uh, you know, stick it way in the back uh, if you've got, especially if you've got a spare refrigerator like you're in your utility room. Stick it way mm-hmm. in the back and and have it cold. And for competition, I like a forty-five to fifty-three day. So I'll I'll uh, I'll keep that for two two weeks. Now and then, and when you freeze, you always want to freeze fast and thaw slowly, and that has to do with the size of the ice crystals. So yeah, you yeah. So don't put two don't put two briskets in the freezer at the same time. Freeze it one at a time, and then when you uh, when you want to thaw it, put it in that fr- same refrigerator and and thaw it over three four days. Okay, I like it. Uh, Hojo, uh, other than this brisket, what, what do you cook that maybe Doug could give you some tips on? Oh man, my uh, my pork is good. My pulled pork that that's that's always a good a good thing for me. I try to I try to use that. What about gator? Do you, do you cook gator? That's my family <laughs> yeah. really enjoys. You know? Howard, having some technical difficulties. Howard, you get, we have you. Yeah, hang on one second. Okay, you got me. Yep, we got you. Yep. Uh, I want to answer a baseball question if I can, Hojo. You were a a coach after your playing career. You you coached a hitting coach in the minor leagues and in different systems. How important is the hitting coach on a major league level compared to on a minor league level? Well, it depends on what at. I use a, in my the way I describe it is 
the younger the level, the, the younger the player, the more mechanical you're teaching. So not to say that hitting is all mechanical, but if you think of a sliding scale as mechanical and mental on opposite sides, and the higher level you go, we in the big leagues is the highest. You have more of a more of a mental uh, tilt to what you're trying to do because that, those guys want a lot more information than they do uh, necessarily physical stuff. You know, the physical stuff for them is going to be there and repeat a lot of the, the swing that they already have and have basically have learned. And so they just want the, they just want the, the little mental things about what the pitcher's trying to do. Gotcha. And so, or, or pattern, how they pattern out at all. Mm-hmm. And with a younger player, you can't you can't speak that kind of language to them because it, it's just too much for them to process. Gotcha. You, you uh, taught gotcha. you were you were a coach on the uh, what the AAA level, double A level. Uh, I I've been a, I've been a coach at every level. Every level. Yeah. Every. How Howard did how, you how did, did you want to be a manager? Did you ever consider being a becoming a manager? Oh, absolutely. Manager? I've, yeah. I've thought about it. Absolutely. I, that would be something that, you know, if that opportunity was to arise, I would definitely probably jump at that. But now something like that, how, do you kind of have to throw your hat in the ring on that? You have to let some people know you're interested. Do your, do your work, you know, throw your name out there. You know, at the end of the day, clubs are going to do what they feel is best for the organization, but you definitely want to, if that's what you want to do, you want to put your name out there. Howard, I, I wanted to ask you about, um, when your career is coming to an end, some players, I, I, I'm going to bring up Buster Posey because he just had one of his best years. He won comeback player of the year. And I can't remember. There was a player who once said, that's the one award they only want to win once. They yeah, don't want to yeah, win that twice. Sure. But he retired at the top of his game. When you retired, what was that final decision like? Did you did, Do you think you he retired think he, at the top of your game? Did you... Did you think that maybe you could have put in another year? Or I, I mean, how is that when you make that final decision? Well, usually when you get to that point in your career and you've played that long and you're thinking about retirement, things that drive you away from the game have, have to do more with how your body That's the hardest part because physically you can do it, but it's hard to be in that position as an older player traveling as much as we do on airplanes, you know, constantly every day, the wear and tear really takes its toll on it as you get older. That's the hardest part. And that was the, that was the big attraction of the guys that did, that did steroids was it kind of took away that wear and tear. And that's usually the stuff that drives guys away. It's, it's, um, I mean, that's what, that's what happened to me. My body started, started to give out on me when I was, you know, I was, well, when I were, my last year was 95 and I was 34 years old. Already I was starting to, starting to feel things that like an older guy. And it just, it happened so fast. And, and so I could not, uh, couldn't overcome it. Would you say the unsung heroes of the baseball team would be the training staff? Because when I was, when oh, we were down in the fantasy absolutely. camp, that was, that was unbelievable what they were doing. Yeah, those guys, those guys actually, they, they, they serve such a big purpose because, you know, you players come in, they're going to be nicked up. You know, no one, there's an old saying that nobody, a lot of younger players, if, if, if going right, you know, they want to come out of the lineup or they don't, you know, they want to take a day off, say. But there's a big difference between 
hurting and then being hurt. Everybody, everybody plays hurt. Okay. But not everybody play, you shouldn't be playing with an injury. That's a different story. So it's a big distinction to make. You don't want to be out there. If you can't function with an injury, that's, that's a different thing that, you know, sometimes trainers have to make a call for you, but you know, the, the, the times have changed quite a bit with regards to how much this is. Now, nowadays, it's almost, I don't want to say it's accepted, but I think teams try to protect the players a little bit more by you know, scheduling days off. Maybe the player doesn't want it, but that's it's in his best interest to have that. I was going to ask him about when he came back, and uh, I think when you were 50 or so and played two games with your, your son yeah. and uh, uh, Glenn. Yes, that was, uh, that was tough on me, Doug. I mean, it was, uh, it was difficult to, to get out there and, and to do that. I think I went into the – I got my knees replaced a few days after that. That was <laughs> – Yeah, well, the training oh, staff reminded me that you probably that appreciated the them. Trying to get into some kind of a shape to be able to do that, and it took me a long time. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I still, still couldn't do it. I mean, to the point that I, I wanted to do it, but I got, you know, I can still see the ball, I can still track the pitch. I can't do that anymore. That's that's the hardest part is being able to track pitches. And you know, when you're when you're when you've been out of the game for a while, and you all of a sudden you're thrust back into it. You know, you see the ball differently. You don't, you don't, you just see glimpses of the ball coming at you as opposed to, you know, your eyes moving well enough to track a pitch. That That's completely right. different. So, right. you know, it was, it was tough. Go ahead, Lynn. Sorry, I cut you off a little bit. Yeah, no, no, I want, you know, Howard, you mentioned, I heard you say something. It was, a, the connection wasn't great, but I did hear steroids come up. And right now, you know, the, the Hall of Fame is, is coming up uh, for a couple of guys. They're in their last year of eligibility. I'm not going to ask you your feelings on players and whether you think they should be Hall of Famers if they were found to do steroids. I think what I'm going to ask you more is when you were playing, so they obviously, they, they, steroids were around. Did you ever? Not, not, not as much as you, you would think. Okay. But so, okay, so it wasn't as prevalent as, uh, I, I don't know how prevalent it's become. Uh, now they're, you know, obviously it's not around as much, hopefully, but I, I don't know. How much of an edge do you think it gives these guys, I guess, is what I want to ask you. It's just from a recovery standpoint. You know, it's when you're 35, 36 years old, 37 years old, and physically, you feel like you're 26. You know that's 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 a, that's quite an attraction. Mm-hmm. So that's the you know players may choose to try to explore. Because it carries a lot of helpers with that. I guess you know. It's, I remember my long data. We got someone's brain cancer. Laid it on the steroids and stuff. You can't hear Howard. I I don't know what happened, but you're cutting out. I'm oh, sorry. No, no that's worries. okay. No, Howard. Uh, one last thing before we go. I know your uh, your time is, is short here. What do you think of the, the state of the game today? I think the game is state of the game is from a fan standpoint. I think that they're drawing a lot of fans. I think the game has changed a little bit, and what what people expect to see. Gone are the days of you know, the old national type type game where there's a lot of hit and run, there's a lot of movement, a lot of guys to the bases. I think that that part of the game is, is probably gone, but it's still, it's still a great game. I mean, you, you, 
you can see pitching now. I didn't see back guys coming out every guy coming out going 100 back back when I played more special. You know, guy had a great sinker or guy had a great cutter or you know he had big velocity, but they always had a special pitch. Now now it's more of a straight power game. I think fans enjoy seeing that part of it, but just a little bit more contact. I think that'd be that'd be that'd be preferable. No, Joe. Right. We know we, we got we got to let you know you you're, you're on your way to a looks like a birthday party or something. Happy birthday yeah. to you again! It's a happy it's, birthday, it's a great, Howard. Great happy birthday. birthday! And we'd love to get connected with you again. Yeah, we'll do it again. And and Doug, I appreciate your tips, man. It was great. Absolutely, you're you're there in Lakeland, Florida, right? Right. Well, I'm de- I'm in uh, I'm in I'm in Nashville right now, but oh, we're gonna okay. be All right. we're gonna be down we're gonna be in West Palm Beach here pretty soon. Oh, okay. Kind of okay. back and forth, yeah. You bet. Let, let me know how else I can help. I'll be glad to. Absolutely. I'll be in touch with you, my friend. You, right. got, a, you got a pit master <laughs> on call. Yes. Right. What, other, what other podcast gives you a pit master on call? <laughs> Giving you the hookup. Giving you the hookup. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Thank you, Hojo. Have a good night. Thanks, All right, Howard. guys. Have happy a good birthday. Good night. Good night. All right. Happy birthday. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. The audio wasn't the greatest, but we've got our favorite pit master, our third <laughs> co-host, Wait, Doug Scheiden. Ch- Ch- Chad Ward's around here somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, Chad Ward. <laughs> we love Chad. That's, but I, that's why I thought he was in, I thought he was in Lakeland. Maybe he was born in Lakeland. He was born in Lakeland. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, that, they, uh, Chad has a, a barbecue store down there. Right. I did not yeah. realize that today was his birthday, but then, you know, he's on his way to a party or whatever. The audio wasn't great, but I think that there was a lot to be gathered from that conversation. Hopefully we, we have Howard back, but we have Doug and Doug, let's talk. Oh, <laughs> you, I know what you want to talk about. You want to talk about the Mets and Max Scherzer today. Am I, am I right? Or in Marte and uh, what con, uh, con, uh, yeah. I mean, let's, uh, let's talk of, baseball. We, we have on baseball. a world champion pit master and we're going to talk baseball. I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> hey, I was following where's Max going to go. Where's Max going to go? And lo and behold, the Mets got Max. Yes. But you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, Oh, I really wanted to play in New York. <laughs> it wasn't the 43, 43.3 million a year that brought me. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Three years, 130. Not a problem. It's nuts. It's nuts. And full disclosure, we're recording this on the day that Max Scherzer signed with the Mets. Right. So uh, but this is this is going to be our anniversary episode. Right. And and we're so glad that Doug's with us. But Jeff, Jeff, say your comments on it. On on Max and and the and the contract. Oh oh, what's the OC gonna say? <laughs> look, look, there's been a lot of criticism by some people I know. They're saying, "Oh, he's too old. He's not worth it." But you know what? Max Scherzer at 37 years old is still on top of his game. He still has a a, a great repertoire. He, he's heck. He was he was in the finals for Cy Young. He had less than a three ERA in, in today in today's baseball, and a short term contract. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, and he, how many strikeouts he had this year? Like 260 or yeah, something? Yeah, he was up there. He was part of the leader. He had like 2.64 ERA. Yeah. And 
know, he, he's still still at the top of his game. And I'd rather have someone who's 37 who can still pitch than a guy who's, I don't know, 30 or 28 or something who, who doesn't know how to pitch. Max Scherzer knows how to pitch. And have Max Scherzer and DeGrom on top of it is for number one and number two. Nothing wrong with that, baby. Yeah, Nothing wrong with exactly. that. Exactly. It's a lot of money. I'm I'm sorry. I it's that but that's the thing. Is it the money's no object there? Yeah. You have it's... you have Steve Cohen, who is the who what three or four times the richest owner in, in the game, but he, he's but by far. So, you know, money's no object now. I mean, the Yankees were, were doing this for, for years and years, and now the Mets do it, and you know, everybody's oh, you can't do well. This is not the Will Pines Mets anymore. New era, baby. Doug yep. and Jeff. You know what, what I was thinking as we were talking to, uh, to Hojo and, and his sound was kicking out. Yep. Shout out to Greg, Greg Rempe of the Barbecue Central show, because I was thinking, oh, he would be going out of his mind. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, no, Greg, we're going to get comments from Greg on this. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I was and. For people who obviously this is audio, so we're doing this by Zoom. He was walking all over his house and then outside. Then he was in a car. I think he was on his way to his birthday party or something. I I mean, that was just like, no wonder. When you can get get Howard Johnson, you get Howard Johnson. Exactly. That's how I feel about Doug. When you can get Doug, you get Doug. Well, not really. (laughs) Uh, We love Doug. He's a rogue. Yeah, he's rogue. Doug. What's happening in your world? What's happening? Uh, um, did my last uh, Traeger class uh, a week or, or so ago. I'm uh, actually going to do a catering event for a um, some higher end managers for gentlemen on my street. And I'm going to do that that next week. And so um, uh, just starting to try to get ready for uh, some of the big cookoffs. The two big cookoffs of the year that I always do are the San Antonio Rodeo in January. And uh, which is at the end of the month and then the Houston rodeo, you know, one of my favorites. So that'll be at the end of Houston, uh, end of February as well, when the Houston rodeo will be. So gearing up for those. It, it's so cool to see you doing those Traeger classes because the way they promo that you are on there, just like any of the other, you know, diva cues on there. And, and it's like, there he is. Doug Shiding is doing his class. And, those classes are, are uh, I haven't, you know, truth be told, I have not attended one. It's definitely, uh, Jeff had Mets Fantasy Camp on his bucket list. I guess I'm going to attend a Traeger class on my bucket list. I think mine's probably a little easier to achieve. Uh, but how do those work exactly, those Traeger classes? You, you do it all it's by Zoom? I mean, how, how are those done? Yeah, the, uh, right now, you know, during COVID, um, they're all virtual. So usually it's 10 to maybe up to 15 people. And um, some people like when we're trimming brisket, et cetera, they're actually trying to trim their brisket with me. And uh, so maybe, you know, if you have 15 people, maybe seven of them are actually trimming the brisket with you, with you. Um, um, I think it's hard to really, you you learn by doing, I I understand, but you kind of miss some of the, some of the things. And so, but uh, before COVID they had a, a 40 foot trailer that uh, with a couple and they would go from city to city. And so they'd haul that trailer. And then, you know, I would fly in and I, I cook everything, but uh, sometimes I'd even help them shop if they hadn't, hadn't shop. And wow. uh, we'd go in um, and usually it's a two day 
type of training class at the, the Traeger Platinum Dealers and uh, go in early the day before, get everything prepped. And then I like to cook, you know, my brisket overnight and those sorts of things. So uh, there's two classes and usually it's about you demo the meats, you trim a chicken, trim ribs, and then you serve. So, you know, you'll do the whole prep and then you'll actually serve the food to the, to the people um, in the virtual. Obviously I, I still do the same sort of thing and, and uh, show them how to wrap and, you know, separate the au jus, et cetera. And then I'll, I'll slice my brisket and I'll show them kind of how to, how to do a Texas slicing and, you know, always do the bin test. And unfortunately I get to eat it and they don't right now. <laughs> Doug, I have a request. Now, everybody knows Doug has a uh, Instagram account and he puts lots of delicious looking pictures up there. A lot of brisket, yes. a lot of ribs, uh, pies, tacos I've seen up there. So Taco, yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm going to task you, see if you can put it up there, uh, the, your dry brined Texas beef beef ribs. I haven't seen you put those up there yet. Oh, yeah. I cooked some beef ribs. I guess it was about a couple of months ago, but yeah, I've got a couple in, in the, uh, um, what my last training class, that was one of the things we taught. We taught brisket and then we taught my dry brined beef ribs, dry brining, basically putting salt on the night before kosher salt on the night before putting it, wrapping it in saran wrap, putting it in the fridge. And then the next morning, most of the salt is gone. It's actually gone into the meat, it's instead of doing a wet brine, you're just doing the dry brine. And that layer of salt actually enables the meat to retain extra moisture when you cook it. And so that's what it's doing. You can go ahead and put your, your you know, rinse it off and put put uh, your normal rub on there. And uh, I think, you know, that to me, I actually kind of cook it like a brisket after that. I'll cook it to about 170 and then I'll wrap it with some, some juice. And then uh, about 195, I'll unwrap it. And then, uh, cause I think that helps tenderize it. And then I'll uh, let it cook the next five to eight degrees and get a little bit of a harder bark. I like a hard, you know, a hard bark on a beef rib. Actually, I might, I might ask Glenn to actually make that. What? <laughs> As what? the barbecue guy, he should. Yeah, what? right. What? 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 I mean, <laughs> come on. I, I yes, the, I would the, like the to recipe make that. is right there on Traeger.com. I will, I will do it, but I don't understand why you you have the cooking equipment, and especially at this point. Well, you don't really have a kitchen, so okay. Yeah, I, I should do it. Well, we sang happy birthday for you tonight for Hojo, so that's the least you can do. Yeah, no, that's true. You know what? <laughs> Doug, do you think you're becoming like a brand? You know, to a certain is, to a certain extent, I think if I did this more full time, it would be uh, you know much more pronounced. I'd have a lot more time to devote to things, and you know, I'd I'd do some videos and YouTube and TikToks and and things like that. But you know, my my seven to five job, as I as I call it, takes up a little time. So, but uh, and then my you know five to nine job is my barbecue job. So just like doing things like this, y'all spend a lot of time doing these now that you're pumped it up to weekly so you know how yeah. much time it takes oh yeah no you you are right we went weekly because we we found that we we had so much content and, and we just we were falling further and further behind especially with the the authors because we'd have them on and we wanted to have their books promoted before they went to paperback at least <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> right. so we we went to weekly and we're yeah, catching yeah. up. We're, de- we're definitely catching up. So. Yeah, for our listeners out there, Doug Shining not only cooks meat, 
and desserts on Traeger, but he also has cocktails. So I see one of the recipes is smoked Texas ranch water. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so could you explain how you make that on the grill? Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. So Texas ranch water is actually become kind of in fashion or vogue right now, but allegedly, you know, it's supposed to be a drink where the Cowboys came off all parched in West Texas, you know, with the dust and everything. And so it's a mixture of tequila and sparkling water, if you will. Down here, we call it Topo Chico and because uh, it actually has extra, extra fizz with it and a little bit of lime. So what I did is I, I basically take those limes and I put them on the Traeger and I smoke them for 30 minutes you know, cut side down, you know, around the edge. So it's actually the, the, the air is going right onto the lime. And so I do that for 30 minutes and then I will squeeze half a lime into the, um, the cocktail glass, then a third, a cup of tequila, two thirds, a cup of Topo Chico, and then throw in a couple of jalapeno slices in there to give it a little spice. And so that's, that's, Pretty much my smoked, uh, and I've also start. I've tried doing smoked Moscow mules and and uh, also margaritas. You got to be careful how much you you smoke the uh, the margarita the margarita juice because you can't overdo <laughs> do that, which I've done. So, you know, because if you put it you put a juice in there, it will smoke. You know, it will suck up the smoke. You know, it'll soak it up. You know, just like some of your spaghetti squashes and sweet potatoes and things like that. They act like they act they act like sponges. Yeah, I actually made a mistake once. This is one of my mistakes. I I had my smoker going and I had to make potatoes, but sweet potatoes. And I put them on the smoker. They cooked, whatever. Now, I'm not a sweet potato fan at all, so I don't eat them. But I served them and I noticed that nobody was eating them. They were all like leaving them over. But nobody was confess or tell me why they were not eating them except for my wife. She's a, she always, I could always depend on her to tell me, which is good. And she said, what did you do? She said, did you smoke this sweet potatoes? Apparently do not taste good smoked. That's well, did you you cut them up into like pieces and stuff? And then, and then no, just, just, I, I just put them on. Did you peel them? No, I had at this time, I didn't have a Traeger. So I, I will, I was using the pit barrel and I had it on the, you know, I had the, the hooks for the ribs yeah. and then I had the, uh, the rack and I put them on the rack and they, uh. I guess they, they took on the smoke and they tasted terrible apparently. So well, th- this year I, t- I took over the sweet potato or I sweet potatoes because I don't like the candy corn caramel sweet, sweet, sweet potato. So I did stuffed sweet potatoes. I cooked them Alton Brown style, which is, you know, poke them with fork, you know, with the fork mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, put it on about 350 oil and salt in, in an hour. And then they become uh, just like a baked potato. They, they become soft, soft. And then, so then I opened them up, put some butter, black beans, cheese, brisket, and uh, put them back on for five minutes. And so I served stuffed sweet potatoes for Thanksgiving this year, and they were a hit. Yeah, those those I might like. You anything put brisket in anything? It's like add bacon to anything. I those I would have liked. Well, I, exactly. I, I cooked a brisket. I was like, I'm I'm going to have sliced brisket, and I'm going to put it into the uh, stuffed stuffed baked potatoes or uh, stuffed sweet potatoes. I should say. Sorry. Well, if I open your refrigerator or your freezer right now, 
how much brisket am I looking at? I get the feeling there's a lot in that refrigerator. Um, I think in my deep freeze, I have three briskets. And I know I've got at least, I've got a beef shank in there and I've got a two, two, a three bone, a, a big dino beef ribs that, that Jeff was talking about. So, yeah. And I've got a few racks of ribs and, and things. So I, I don't have a problem freezing that kind of meat. Do you have a, a particular type of fish that you like barbecue? Yeah, I have. Uh, there's a couple. I like, I like a flaky white fish, like a sea bass. So I, I have one that's, that's with some, uh, you know, lemon for citrus and, and, uh, I actually developed it for Zach Brown when I cooked for uh, backstage for Zach Brown. Cause he wouldn't, nice. he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't eat barbecue. He thought it affected his vocal cord. So I came up with this, re- this recipe. So, uh, you marinate it for a little bit and then you cook it on the Traeger. Um, I also like salmon on on the you know to cook salmon and you know do it like a asian thai style or you know you could even do it with um, some rib candy or something like that to make it a little sweet so um Mm -hmm. i've i've been trying to do cold smoking of salmon um because i don't know if you have whole foods up there but whole foods is the bomb down here and they have the cold smoke uh, habanero salmon Oh, it's only $23 a pound. I can't really pay that. You know, <laughs> wow. so so I've been trying to uh, make a recipe that 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 knocks off theirs, the taste how, of theirs. How about mahi mahi? Mahi mahi? Yeah. Um the, I haven't done much of that on the grill. If I did, I'd probably cook it hot and fast and just like you would on a stove, you know, in cast iron and uh, just sear the outside and let the 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 inside be a little raw. I like, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just, when it's cooked all the way through, it just, to me, it has a weird texture and it looks a little strange. So they eat fish in Texas. Okay. I didn't know. Yes, that, so. I do. I need to eat more. <laughs> I need to eat more, but, um, yeah, salmon is probably the thing that I eat the most in terms, in terms of a fish. Yeah. Salmon is really good on the, uh, on the cedar plank, of course. Yep. yep. Yeah. Although I find, I don't know. I, I find that I don't get enough of the cedar flavor with with the, with the salmon. It always cooks faster than than before it gets the any of the cedar flavor from the plant. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more just a vessel to hold the salmon together when you're you know, when you're taking it on and you know off the grill, and less yeah. and less the flavor. You're going to get more smoke flavor probably from the smoke that you're smoking it with than you are that cedar plank. When you're making the brisket, I I wanted to ask you this when we were talking to Howard. What's the, what's the preferred wood that you're using? Well, I, in my classes, I tell people to use their wood that is regional, that's familiar to their regional area. You know, I'm told that apple is, is one of the woods that's coming up in, up in New York, hickory in the Southeast, you know, to answer your question here in Texas, pecan, oak, and mesquite. Those would be the, the three that that people people's taste buds are are accustomed to that. Um, those are all pretty strong flavored woods. So is hickory as well. So I, I think you know the big meats like that give a good strong uh, wood flavor to it if you can. That's why I do, it, I do it overnight too on a Traeger. You know, well on the Traeger off. you've got pellets, so you can you can basically get any you can order any pellets you want. In that case, what would be the ideal pellets then for a brisket? Yeah, I mean, if you're just going straight up, I like pecan. 
And uh, so I'd, I'd go pecan. And if, you know, on a pellet cooker, you know, it's a, it's a real fine smoke. It's blue smoke. So that's, you know, real fine. Sometimes the pellets aren't, you know, 100% pecan as well. But you can use a smoke tube. And if you want to get extra smoke on something and you're cooking it not quite as long, put a smoke tube on there. I uh, I did a chuck roast a couple of weeks ago and I used a smoke smoke tube on there and you could taste more of the smoke on there. I just put it about an inch and a half, two inches away. And uh, it's, it's certainly uh, cooked for like three, four hours. And that smoke tube filled with pellets, it burned that entire time. Doug, 2022 is, is right around the corner. Do you see any new barbecue trends happening for the new year? Ooh, ooh, that's good. I am mm, barbecue trends for for you know right now. One of the things is the this this cream cheese craze that's that's oh, uh, driving people crazy. It's just yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I I hope that trend do, doesn't con, uh, continue. So, but um, you know, I think you know from a, a cooking standpoint. Pork is kind of one of the the meats that's that's not cooked as as much as it should. Some of the other ones like lamb and, and things like that should should also be cooked a, a little more often. Hopefully, we don't get into this caveman style and you know cooking. But uh, I hope that uh, the low and slow kind of continues on. So I think the reverse searing more people seem to be more into the reverse searing as well. You know, doing doing uh, the, the steaks with a reverse tier and reverse tiering a lot of other stuff. A couple of episodes back, we had Vic Clevenger on and he cooked the uh, alligator. Have you ever done that? I have. You have? My, 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 um, I have, that is a tough one to cook. <laughs> I um, We have a family get together, family reunion. And um, my I'm not a hunter, but if you cook it all, I mean, if you uh, bring it, I'll cook it. And uh, so we have a get together. And so they always have a challenge meet every year. And one year it was alligator tail. And yeah, I, I cooked it. It was good flavor wise, but it was a little rubbery. And I guess the tail is really hard. And I didn't notice soak it buttermilk or anything like that to, to help kind of loosen it up. But um, now I do. And but yeah, that was probably one of the the tougher ones. Another tough one was the what they call shovel duck. I guess it's one of the ducks that not even the duck hunters go and fetch, you know, and don't don't waste their time. But yeah, so they they gave me a shovel duck, and so what I did is I made it into a little, almost like a little present, like a popper. So I I, I had a little half shell of of onion, did some Cajun cream cream cheese, which is cream cheese mixed with maybe cayenne and, and chili pepper. Uh, chili powder, sorry. And so it turns a little orange and then you, you put that, put the duck on, on it and then you put the pickled jalapeno relish on there and then you wrap it up on both sides with bacon and it looks like a little present. And those suckers ate all of it. <laughs> I had about 36 of them and uh, my my uh, my cousin's husband couldn't believe that I got people to eat shuffler duck. <laughs> Doug, are the Chicago Cubs on the way up or on the on the way down? Wait, uh, let's see. There's been a lot of signings, and I haven't heard the Cubs mentioned once in the major signings. You know, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're on the the way. I, I would like. No, I don't know if uh, Rizzo. There was you know rumor that Rizzo was going to come back. 
but um, I haven't heard anything on that. And, you know, that's something that, that uh, if we would have had more time with, with uh, Hojo, I would have asked him in terms of, you know, the CBA expiring on December 1st and all the signings. And he actually went through two of the, the strikes, right? He was in the minors um, mm-hmm. when that was not in 81. Jeff, you can help me, Ms. Jeff. Yeah, Rainier. yeah 81, yeah. Okay. And and then and then ninety five. And uh, you know, eight eighty one is when I stopped paying attention to baseball. I was big into baseball and when they had the strike, it kind of made me mad and stuff. And so and then you know the the second one as well was which was even longer, um, canceling what the ninety four World Series and everything. But um yeah, you know, this is this is gonna be interesting, you know, to see what happens and hopefully there won't be a a stoppage of, of work. And, and to me, it's, it's crazy that, you know, people are signing and, and the owners are signing, et cetera. And, you know, if they sign now, it's a guaranteed contract. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not either. There's so much money in the game. Obviously it's flush with money. The owners are giving it out like it's candy. And now there's going to be a, a lockout. And, you know, well, when this airs, you know, it's still probably be in, in during a lockout. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And, and and but if you sign before, is are are you guaranteed? And yeah. then if you, yeah, so. yeah. So okay. what you're saying is Scherzer, who signs this big contract, if there's a lockout, he gets paid once the date, whatever. He he's going to get paid. Well, no transaction is going to happen during a lockout, so there's going to be no free agent signing, no trades, no mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like that during this time. The players mm-hmm. who have signed already, their contract guaranteed, you know, for the next season, whenever they play. If it's 162 games, they get the full amount. If it's 100 games, they get a prorated amount. So they will get paid based on their contract, no matter what. You know, the crazy thing about Scherzer's contract is, you know, what do you say, 41, 42 million a year? 43. 43 million a year? 43.333333. Did you know that the Washington Nationals start paying his deferral of $15 million a year in 2022? Oh wow! So, in addition to that, Nationals are giving him fifteen million a year. Oh wow! So, so the Mets got a discount. No, 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 no discount. <laughs> but he's getting paid forty-three million dollars from that Mets, and he and the Nationals owe him fifteen million dollars a year for the next several years. Wow! I think he can so afford they- a pool in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, that sounds you know like what? a Bonilla contract or something, huh? Right. So this CBA. That, that, that is going to cause the stoppage. It's the weird thing is it didn't seem like it seems like everybody's at peace and harmony. It's but yet there's going to be a stoppage. I, I don't I, I don't understand it. You know, it it seems like everything's going fine. Why? You know what, Jeff, we're going to and Doug, what? Why are we going to have a stoppage when everything seems to be going OK? Because the players don't like the economics of the game. They, they think they're getting paid too late. You know, they want to get paid when they're younger. They have more, con- they're, I guess they're better years, I guess, would mm-hmm. be when they're younger in the 20 to 25, the 28 year range. And that they can't become free agents until they're, what, 30? You know, after they spend six okay. years with, with the team and they brought up at 23, you know, so it's, you know, 29, 30 years old. They want to get paid, you know, earlier in their career. Did you see the Tampa Bay's shortstop? Who, who was that? Just 20 Wanda, years old? Wanda Franco. Franco? Yes. yes. He just signed a, a big contract. Yeah, he, he did. And the thing is, and it's, look, he got security for, you know, his generations of Franco's come. 
the thing is, when the, the last couple of years in his contract, and he'll still be a young man. He'll still be what, thirty? He'll he'll get he'll be underpaid compared to the other shortstops of that time. You know, he he'll get paid twenty five million dollars a year, where the Correas and the Stories and the Lindors are paying you know much more than that. And you know, there's always that type. You know, will he complain about? Oh, well, I'm getting underpaid now. Well, you know, he's told you to sign his contract. He took the security, Absolutely. the security. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing right. wrong with that. Right. But then, you know, you give up something when you take that. There's always well, the possibility that, you know, he his career, either he gets hurt. He only played half a season. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the team is really taking a, a big risk. And that's one of the things on the player side in this is free agency is, you know, what happened to Chris Bryant in, in terms of, you know, being put down and having to be on the team for 172 days for a full year. That's, you know, as, as a Cub fan, I, 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 you know, it was good for the team, but it just didn't feel right when they did it because he was, he was ready for the big leagues and for them to, to, to put it down. And, and uh, you know, this lottery versus, you know, I think what, excuse me, going back to that, I think the owners are pro- proposing 29 and a half as a age, or year limit for for free agency, and that's not gonna that's not gonna fly with the the players union. Um, as as Jeff mentioned, their the annual salaries have actually decreased, uh, believe it or not, the last few years, and so they feel like you know they're they're underpaid. But um, and then the owners, you know, I think there's something you know with with regard to a, a bad product being put on the field for a uh, for the you know the kind of stockpiling the draft pick. And, uh, you know, as compared to going to a lottery. So there's talk of going to a lottery, I believe. So, Jeff, you, you, you know a lot more about it than I do. But that's that's kind of what I read about this morning. I think the owners want a, to increase the amount of teams in the playoffs. Right now, there's 10 teams. They want to increase to 14 teams. You know, seven, seven in each league. Ooh, which, that's too much. NBA, yeah, isn't it? NBA-ish. But they figure that's where the uh, money is. You know, yeah. and then... You know, it's not always, obviously, the best team does not always win the World Series. The team that has the highest payroll this year, the Mets, uh, will, you know, don't have to work, you know, doesn't necessarily win the World Series. It's the team at the time. It's the hottest team at the time, not the best team. You know, you know, you know, being an old coot, I remember, you know, it was only, uh, (laughs) you know, one round of playoffs. And actually before that, before 69, there was no playoffs. Team win the division in the World Series. Then it went to the division series. So it was one round of playoffs. Now there's, then they went to two rounds. Now there's going to be four rounds of playoffs. So it's always, yeah. you know, you got to have, be hot and have a lot of luck. Not necessarily the best, because I think the Dodgers were the best team this year and they didn't make it. They but were, it's exciting. They, they pitching at the end. Yeah. It's exciting though. That I think that, yeah, going through the season and and only two teams would make the playoffs, right? Because you had two two divisions in each league, and now I I don't know there's something about the fact that your team has the chance to at least go to the playoffs to be there to not every year just not make it. So I don't think and plus there's more money involved. Then these players want all this money. Well, their money's got to come from somewhere. TV revenue, right? Not just TV. There's TV. There's streaming. Right. There's the whatever the the internet has their their thing. The MLB radio, all these streams, advertising in the in the in the stadiums. Doug, speaking yeah. of TV, there's all these um, 
you know, obviously had barbecue pitmasters. You have all these shows. Um, but now there's still, you know, on Netflix, you got barbecue showdown or right. Uh, I always get them mixed up brawl showdown, whichever, but have you been approached to be on any of these shows? And if so, would you do it? The it's interesting when, when I won the Houston rodeo, I was actually, you know, cooking for another team and that's when they had the Kingsford, uh, event and the, the guy that I was cooking for, he, he, the first year that I cooked for him, he had, he had actually won it and, and got in a fight with his cooks over the trophies and stuff. And so he, he asked me to go cook it with him, but he only gave me like two weeks and it was up in New York and it was, it was when it was on the battleship or something. And I said, no, I, I'm not going to do it because I wasn't going to put myself in a situation that I wasn't going to be able to put out a hundred percent. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. So, cause he, Unfortunately, he made a fool of himself, if uh, if I can say that. But uh, he just didn't do well. You know, I mean, they basically like when he turned in his chicken, they were like, "Did this box get hit by a train?" You know, and stuff. And so I would have forever, you know. But you know, they say you know, even bad uh, exposure is good exposure. I've been approached. Uh, um, in fact, I think I've got a message right now on on that next Netflix thing. So I just don't want to be cooking possum. I, you know, if it was a barbecue contest, I would. Uh, you know, and like with, you know, when we had grubs on, you know, he was like, mm-hmm. he's the only one that stinking cook possum. And it's not just the judges making the decision. It's the produ- producers, too. So, eh, yeah. So and I don't have two months to give. I mean, or six weeks or however long it is. So right. um, yeah, under the right circumstances. Sure. You know, if it's a real competition. Sure. But uh, no, not 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 under those conditions. Understood. Yeah, because I think you'd be good on those shows, but I certainly understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd be good if I could plan. If I could plan, you know, my wife is. It would be good on Chopped. You know, give her four or five ingredients, and 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 there there she is. So oh, wait, um, invite her, Jen. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> not coming on. Oh, yeah. So she's giving me a one or two. Um, I've got to do a live taste test here. Oh, she's 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 made bread pudding. Hey, this is like a virtual training class, guys. She's made bread pudding and she's put a topping on top. Am I allowed to say what the topping is, babe? Yeah. Okay. What is it? White chocolate mousse. Uh-oh. And she's put. Ooh, yeah. So I, can, oh, can, yeah. Wait, know, can she at least guy. wish us a happy four year anniversary? That would be special. Oh, it's your anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank and, you. And maybe, ha- is it happy Hanukkah too or no? It's I mean, it's just like a night. While man. we're recording this, yes, it is. Yes, but when, when this airs, it will be over. That's right. <laughs> right, right. But but it is but it is our four-year anniversary special. And it we're very happy that we're spending it with you. And how's that bread pudding? It's fantastic. It's hard to tell which one is better, but I think maybe two is better. I think it's yeah. more stabilized. Too. Yeah, I, it, it's the texture. So, yes, I'm sorry. I'm having the bread pudding on on your anniversary. So, but I appreciate it. <laughs> now, yeah. Ask Ask Jen. Can she make a gluten free version of that? Do you make a gluten-free version of that? I could if I had gluten-free bread. Yeah, just gluten-free bread. She could do it. Yeah. But the problem is there's the gluten-free bread. I mean, I don't eat it, but from what I hear, it's not the best gluten-free bread. Well, 
the key to the bread pudding is having the the bread a little stale, right? Right. Doug, in your house, is it food constantly? Is it like you create, she creates? I mean, it's. We're always trying to do different recipes. And yeah, so that that is part, you know, but that's why we have to work out all the time. <laughs> or else, you know, I think I think it was Hojo last dinner, you know, his on episode 80, he's like, you know, he's a big guy. He's got to be a good pit master, you know, so my wife calls me a barbecue small. I'm a barbecue small, you know, I'm a large, extra large, but that's a barbecue small and in uh, today's today's environment. (laughs) I love it. Jeff, before we we let this man go, do you have anything else for him? Because, you know, we could keep him here forever. I mean, so we, you know, (laughs) I just want to say through this podcast, we've got we met many people, many relationships. I'm just so grateful for your friendship, Doug. And I appreciate you coming on our show uh, several times. Anytime we ask you, you, you're always there available to us. And we just appreciate so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been fun. It's uh, th- This is great, you know, to, to be on this side of the mic and, an- you know, a- ask a few questions and then answer a few as, as, as well. So especially, you know, with with some of the. Uh, the authors and, you know, the barbecue people and answering some, some questions and seeing if you, you can teach them a few things. Cause that's, that's the point of taking a class. You know, you, if you can learn one or two, three things, then use those and incorporate those into your own recipe. Um, don't take my recipe and use it. Take, take the process. I'm always saying, take the process and then use whatever rubs and things like that. So the process is more important. But uh, I appreciate you guys. It's been great getting to to know y'all. And uh, hopefully, if I get up to, if I get some more uh, planning when we get up to New York or uh, Rhode Island next year, if we get asked to go cook that event again, we'll be able to get together. So, yeah. and I heard you're coming to Texas. You're coming to Texas is what I heard with uh, Sean and Ryan. I think that's what I heard on the, uh, that podcast. <laughs> we hope is so. Is that what I heard? <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I could, if I could piggyback on, uh, it, usually it's me that gets all emotional and whatever. You've heard me on various episodes. We've talked about what this podcast means to us. And I've said many times how you are one of the people that we are so thankful that we've gotten to know. I cannot believe that another year has gone by every time, you know, we have to stop ourselves sometimes because we'll, we'll have a guest and right away, let's get Doug on with the guest. (laughs) Doug will ask good questions, Doug. But you know, we can't, it's hard to split the, it's hard to split zero three ways. So yeah, no, I pre- I appreciate so you thinking of me. So, no, I appreciate it. So, and I respect y'all from you know, kind of like Greg, etc. Y'all do so much research. That's why today when I was doing research on on Hojo, because I I listened to that episode for the third time today. By the way, wow, you know, the, the the episode eighty. So I, I listened to it for the third time. Picked up some new things. And, uh, you know, was stalking him uh, like you like you like to to say, Lynn. So um, when I was doing that, I was like, OK, I'm stalking because I was like, are they going to know it's his birthday? But I guess he told you it's his birthday. Actually, so. no, I was, I was actually put up. I put on baseball reference just to do a little research myself and it's his birthday. And it was highlighted. And so happy birthday. Go, oh, Tate's his birthday. <laughs> so. You know, Doug, we had the we had the uh, the good fortune of meeting Howard. Uh, he was here to do an autograph signing. And uh, 
we we met him uh, at the hotel before the signing and we actually uh we gave him a book we gave him a a big green egg book yeah yeah oh yeah perfect that's what he's got yeah 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 and uh um but uh it was it was nice again he's also somebody who we've met through the podcast but uh you know but he's hey look i think he'll be the first to admit he's no doug shiding you know no. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was good at sports, but I was definitely not. Uh, baseball oh. wasn't was my best. But so. tennis, you were a tennis yeah. player. I I gave up baseball to play tennis, actually. So yeah, and I, you know, that's one of the things I've actually played at the uh, the U.S. Open courts up there at Flushing Meadows once back nice. on, back in the day. Nice. All right, nice. so we're gonna we're we. Again, Jeff, I'm going to throw it over to you because I, do, I don't know how to end these shows. How do well, we? I, I want to ask. Uh, so Doug, tell us where people want to get in touch with you. I know you have Instagram, you have Facebook. You're also part of Head Country, I believe. So, yes. Uh, so I'm uh, on uh, Rogue Cookers um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all the same, just Rogue Cookers. Um, I'm also an ambassador for Head Country, and I noticed. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for mentioning Head Country a couple of times. I think I, on episode eighty, you you talked about it with uh, with Hojo as well. So um, one of the things I, I didn't get to is is I'm also an ambassador for E3 Meat, which is Adam LaRoche. Yes, and, uh, e, E3 is the you know error on the first baseman. So he has a you know is so dry as he is. But he does have have a pretty good personality uh, once you get to know him. So um, and hopefully, that, I, hopefully I need to start working on getting him him uh, on the show. So uh, there's a few people I've got in mind uh, in the barbecue area as well as. Uh, but that would be one that we need to we need to get uh, Adam and, and Jake on the show. So, well, I'll do my best to get that done. Well, th- thank you, Doug. And uh, happy new year. Best wishes to you, Jen, family. And again, being healthy, love you coming on the show. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, uh, OC. All right. <laughs> Good night. And thank you, Hojo. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for joining us on our four year anniversary show. Thank you, guys. That was great. So, Jeff, before we wrap up our four year anniversary show, let me turn the mic over to you. You have a, should, uh, are you going to do what I think you're going to do? Yeah. And- yeah, this is, uh, it's it, it always this time of year. Always gets my blood boiling with the Hall of Fame voting. It's always some, con- it's always controversial. I, I mean, I love it. I mean, who loves, who doesn't love the Hall of Fame? But it's always controversial. And if you're on Twitter, there's a guy named Ryan Thibodeau and it, his Twitter is at not Mr. Tibbs. And he has a tracker. He tracks all these, the, the known votes, people who, who make their votes known. So I've been looking at some of these, and I, some of them I just cannot figure out in my life. For example, Len, I know you're going to, you might want to chime in here. There's a guy, his name is Jeff Blair. He's a voter. He voted for four people. He voted for Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, David Ortiz, and Alex Rodriguez. Okay, all steroid guys. I, you know, That's whoever, a lot of juice. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 whatever. But he also, last year, 
he voted for Manny Ramirez, but this year he didn't. So that's kind of like, what does that? Wait, wait, hold on. Did Manny come back and play and, and, or did he, did he lose any RBIs, Jeff, between last year and this year? I don't know. Here's another guy, Paul White, another voter. He voted for Todd Helton, David Ortiz, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. Okay, that's, that's his vote. That's fine. He also last year voted for Kurt Schilling, did not vote for him this year. So Kurt Schilling was a, so like Manny and now Kurt. So Kurt was a Hall of Famer last year, but all of a sudden he's no longer a Hall of Famer. Exactly. That's very interesting. I I wonder if he has less wins or less strikeouts or less World Series appearances or less bloody socks or I I don't get it. Here's an interesting one. John Heyman. We all know John Heyman. MLB Network, he's always on the radio. He, I think he has a podcast also. He voted for five guys. Now, listen to these five guys. Barry Bonds, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling. I, you know, I mean, he met, votes for Barry Bonds, but not Roger Clemens, which, you know, I guess I know they're different positions, but uh, he must have his reasons, but it's just kind of strange. that one, Both of them mm-hmm. steroid users. Right. And not Alex Rodriguez, who is, a, a, we know, a steroid user, but, you know, if he voted for Barry Bonds, I don't understand why he wouldn't vote right. for Rodriguez. Oh, you got like this one. Steve Marcus, another longtime voter, wrote for Newsday, national voter. He voted for nobody. He sent in a blank ballot. I wonder what he voted last year. Yeah. Well, apparently nobody either. Again, Jack McCaffrey, he voted for seven. But last year he voted for Schilling. This year he didn't. So it looks like Kirk Schilling is losing votes. Yeah. And I know he's controversial, not in PEDs, but but, uh, social media and type of thing. But baseball-wise, he didn't do anything different. So he's lost votes that way. I'm just going to give you a couple others. Here's Seidel LeBron. He voted for 10 guys. Bobby Abreu. Did not well. He voted for Barry Bonds last year, not this year. So he lost. Barry Bonds lost his mm-hmm. vote for doing. I don't know what he's done. You know, what he did year. differently. Yeah, <laughs> he did something worse, I well, guess. But he did vote for Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, David Ortiz, Mandy Ramirez, not Alex Rodriguez. Go figure. Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Sammy Sosa. Now, come on, you voted for Sammy Sosa, who's the story guy. <laughs> But not, not Rodriguez. <laughs> and look, oh, uh, whatever your position is on, on steroids, this just doesn't make sense. And oh. uh, last year he voted for Omar Vizquel, which this year he didn't. Which from last year, this year, he, Omar Vizquel has been involved with domestic violence. So we, we don't know the whole story there. Right. But so, yeah, I can understand that. Mark Saxon vote, voted for eight guys. I don't know who this guy is, but eight guys. But last year he voted for Scott Rowland. This year he didn't. And he uh-huh. had more, more spaces on the ballot. He could have <laughs> vote up to 10. He voted for eight and decided, okay, Scott Rowland isn't good enough. But he was last year. Yeah. Wow. Right. And I'm going to read one more. It's from a guy named Aurelio Moreno. Now, he voted for seven guys. Bobby Obreu, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, Scott Rowland, Sammy Sosa, and Billy Wagner. Okay? But in the tweet... From this guy named Adam Dorr at Shut the Door, Dorr spelled D O R E. And by, by the way, this is nothing, this is all on Twitter. 
This is like got all this on Twitter. So this is nothing. I, I'm not revealing anything. This is all, right. all no, there. No, no special. Uh, exactly. No insider trading. Right. <laughs> so he writes to Aurelio Moreno. He voted Billy Wagner plus his six holdovers. Notably, Moreno has often waited until a second year of eligibility to begin voting for a majority of candidates. What do you think about that? Please, I'm not going to don't get me started with the ramp. I mean, that's that's the guy. Should, I mean, it's insane. Well, we know one year he voted uh, on his first year. of eligibility. We know one guy he voted for. Yes, he did. That exactly. So it's not even he doesn't even follow any kind of uh, there's no rhyme or reason there. So uh, whatever the, the baseball Hall of Fame voting is. You know, it is what it is. It's everybody's vote, and it, it, I guess they've been doing this forever since 1935 or whatever. And it's it's always controversial. Yes. Well, well that a good thing fun. it is, I guess, Jeff. Good thing it is because otherwise you would be just sitting there. I guess no rant. And I do want to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a Hall of Fame voter. His name is Adam Rubin, and I happen to play softball with this Adam Rubin. I just want to read you his votes because. Pull back the curtain. This is a guy I play softball with. That's that's very cool. Yeah, isn't it? And no, I'm, I mean the fact that you play softball. Oh, I know, I know. And when <laughs> it's, it's very cool. And when next Adam Rubin is an extra, <laughs> but he voted for Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, and Omar Vizquel. So that's that's who Adam voted for. You know, when, that's, uh, that's actually makes sense. I mean, I guess. Yeah. He voted for all the steroid guys. That That's the thing. So, Jeff, I've got to ask you, you bring up the Hall of Fame. Give me your opinion on these guys, okay, who say, oh, well, he was a Hall of Famer before he took steroids. Yeah, you know, I'm not big on that. I know some people uh, do say that, and I can I see that point, but I don't understand if they were Hall of Famer before using steroids, why they needed to use the steroids. I mean, obviously, Bobby... Barry Bonds wanted to be uh, Ruthian and, and just, you know, I guess was it jealousy that 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 uh, McGuire and Sosa was getting the, the notoriety and he wasn't? I mean, you know, what was that? So he just did it for, you know, he wanted to be the best of all time. And now it's tainted being the best of all time. Roger Clemens is just, uh, you know, he's just uh, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I love when you say things that mean we're never going to get the person on the show. You know what? Roger Clemens. Yes, we're not going to get Roger Clemens on the show now, probably. But, you know, in 30 years, Roger Clemens might. He might come on. You know what? Right now, they're tracking getting into the uh, Hall of Fame. I mean, with about 5% as of this recording, about 5% of the known votes, they're they're tracking it above 75%. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so hold on. Hold on a second. Ten years. OK, so you're on the ballot. Ten years, nine years. Clemens and Bonds did not get in. So and and this year, if they do get in, what what was it? Nine years was their punishment. That was their, you know, bad, bad. You took steroids, but now you're getting in the penance. I, I yes. All right. Tell, so tell Jeff, us what you think. Tell us what you think. Call yes. us 516-855-8214 or email us at baseball and BBQ at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Jeff, what I think is that this is our four-year anniversary. I I really hope that you, there are people, you know what? There's two people that we need to thank. I just thought of, 
and they're probably the two most important people that we should thank. Oh, and that welcome. is you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, you should have. Thank you. Our wives. Oh, them. We need to thank yes. our wives because yes. if they didn't hold the fort down, we would never be. This is it's not just doing this one time a week. I mean, you and I have taken road trips. We we you know, we go we do things. We meet people, even if we don't do the show itself, don't have any issue with. Actually, you know what? Should we be offended? They actually don't care. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> okay, everybody, discuss that with your own. Then. We'll, we'll see you next time. Len, take us out. Wow. Yeah. Jeff, I, I got to really think about that. I, I never thought that. All right. Four years, guys. We really, we can't wait. Can't wait for you to see what comes up. We are so happy. We're, we're so happy that you guys are part of this show. Please tell people we want a bigger audience, but that's fine. We think everybody is great. We appreciate our listeners. We appreciate our guests. So here it is. Baseball always brings you home from the poet, Shel Krakowski, the musician, Dave Dresser. We'll see you in episode 115 as we begin year four.